Good morning. Welcome to the Bonds Under Morning Services. I am Jesse Lee Peterson. Thank you so much for being with me. You can get involved by calling 800-411-2663, 800-411-BOND. You can also email me, church at bondinfo.org, church at bondinfo.org. And uh, put your name and town, name and town on your emails. I read an article this morning or something. Oh, I think it was on my radio show for tomorrow that Barack Obama nominated the first black open gay judge. Did you hear about that? Yeah, it just happened. Now, can you imagine me having to go to court before that judge? It's over. (laughs) I'm like, all right, judge, I'm guilty. (laughs) He's going to send me right to jail. Are you Jesse Peterson? Yes, judge. Why are you here? Don't bother, you're guilty. He's going to send me right to jail. (laughs) But anyway, I want to talk to you about, oh, good morning, everybody. All right. I want to talk to you about um, was Jesus a socialist? I'm hearing a lot of Christians say that Jesus was a socialist. And they're doing this with the attempt to push socialism. And if you could convince the people that Jesus was a socialist, then the Christians are going to start saying it too. There are Christians saying it. I hear it all the time. That Jesus was a socialist. And uh, the first thing that came to my mind, if Jesus was a socialist, how did they come up with that song, Mama may have, Papa may have, but God bless the child that got his own. You heard that song before? (laughs) Yeah, Billy Holiday. If Jesus was a socialist, Billy Holiday would not have made that song. But they are really, have you heard that? Anyone say that Jesus was a socialist? Oh, you have not heard it. Really? I hear you. You heard it? Yeah. Kelly, you've heard it? All the time. Well, you guys, man, you ever heard it? Nope. Yeah, they're pushing that. Just like they're pushing that if Jesus didn't say it in the Bible, you know, like about gay marriage or homosexuality, they're asking me now, well, did Jesus say it? It was wrong. And I said, I don't remember Jesus personally saying that it was wrong, but the disciple, disciples talked about it and how God felt about it. They said, oh, that's just man then. It doesn't mean anything. It's not wrong if Jesus didn't say it in the Bible. And then I say, well, were the disciples uh, influenced by Jesus, inspired, you know, by God? Did he not give them his things to say? But, oh, that's just man talking. Isn't that crazy? And and I'm, I'm thinking that the reason that these people are believing this is because the people who are promoting it, they have control of the media. And whomever control the media control the people. And a lot of people are pushing this kind of, these types of things now, or they have control of the media for the most part. And then the churches are, are talking about it too. The preachers, liberal preachers are pushing it as well, that Jesus was a socialist. Now... You know, I'm not like a Bible-thumping kind of guy. And I looked through the Bible to try to find somewhere where it indicated, even indicated, and probably there somewhere, that Jesus was a socialist. But I can't find it anywhere in the Bible. And I know most of you here know the Bible. And uh, so you're going to be able to tell me where I can find it. But that where it says that Jesus was a socialist or indicated that Jesus was a socialist. Um, and I'll get to you in a minute, too. Um, and the reason I bring this up is because socialism is winning. We, uh, we just had an election, and after the election, uh, uh, I think it was Mitt Romney or somebody said the reason that he lost was because the government on the other side uh, gave people gifts. They gave people free stuff. And that's why he, Mitt Romney said that he lost. And as a result of saying that, the children of Satan are having a hissy fit. Oh, why is he saying that? That's wrong. He shouldn't be saying that. So I analyzed that too. I looked at it to see if that's true. And for the most part, 
the people who voted, and I'm not pushing who you should vote for at all. I'm using this as a moral issue, a warfare between good and evil. When you really, really look at the way things went down, the people who uh, voted on that side are for governmental programs. You have the young, godless, liberal women. They want free condoms and free sex and free education. You have the uh, blacks who want free government handout to continue, free cell phones, free houses, housing, free food. And then they are racist toward white people. You have the Hispanics who want more immigration. They want uh, um, the borders to be open. They want uh, amnesty. They want those things, and it's the other side who are promoting that. that. And so it was... And then it was the young people for the most part as well because what uh, evil people have done is organized the young. They have taken the young away from their parents by educating them from the day they go to school. They're in these public schools and they have been taught to be against the parents and America is a bad place and right is wrong and wrong is right. Abortion is good. Same-sex marriage is perfect. From the day they... In California... They are teaching that to the little children that homosexuality is normal to a point now you can't even counsel against it. You can't counsel again. And so these kids are learning this stuff and the moment they pop out of their mother's womb, uh, they go into college and they're still, you know, taught the same thing. And so how else, what else are you supposed to think if that's all you hear? And the parents, the Christian parents have turned their children over to the world and the kids don't like the parents anymore. They turn, they don't like the parents. They don't even believe their parents because a lot of the parents are hypocrite in the way that they live. And so it is true, but, and, and now that Mitt Romney said it and others are saying it, they are under attack by the liberal media, the children of Satan. They are attacking these people like 90 going north. I was watching a program this morning. I'm going to talk about it tomorrow on my radio show. Um, it happened to be on a black station. <laughs> And uh, they were attacking Mitt Romney for saying that. I was like, but no one, and they had Republicans and Democrats attacking Mitt Romney. So it's about good versus evil and not about the politics of it. Well, it's about the politics too. But you had Republicans attacking Mitt Romney for saying that. But nobody brought in anything that was true to say, well, Mitt Romney is lying and here's why he is lying. But what they're saying is that, oh, if you offend people, you upset these folks, you're never going to get their votes. So don't tell the truth about them because they're not going to vote for you. They don't ever say it's wrong, and here's why you say it's wrong, because they can't prove that it's wrong, because it's true. And my thing is, if we continue to go down this road of socialism, which is evil, it's over. And they'll win, it look like. And they have taken the young, and I have something from Jeremiah about that, too, what happens with the young people when the parents don't watch over them. If they take the young, that means that they're taking the next generation of voters or whatever, or, or, or people who build families and stuff like that, you know. It's over. I'm looking through the Bible trying to find something that indicates that Jesus was a socialist. And I'm sure some of you and show me where he said it, and I appreciate that. But I, th- I thought about Job. Remember that guy, Job? Yes. You remember how he was wealthy? I mean, everywhere you look, he owned it. He was talking about being the Jew and the white man. He was it. He owned everything. Had a great family. <laughs> when they said Jews, the white folks owned everything. So, uh, Had a great family, great land, just had everything. C- cows and hogs and everything. He lost it after a while because Satan went and attacked him. But because he held on to his belief in God, he never doubted God. He regained everything back and even more. So if Jesus was a socialist, would he have gotten that stuff back? (laughs) How about the guy Paul? Paul was like an educated man, right? And if you were educated, especially in those days, it meant your dad and your mama had some money. Somebody got you educated, and if you're educated along with education, even the liberals are saying today that wealth come with that. 
along with education. So Paul wasn't a, a poor guy, a socialist guy. And he followed Jesus. He went around with him. And how about the tax guy, that, the disciple that was uh, followed Jesus? Um, if you are taking folks' taxes, believe me, you have money. Because when, the, when those taxes come in, you're going to steal. Even if you ain't making enough on your paycheck, you're going to steal some of that tax money. So he was loaded. And how about the fishermen that owned their own businesses? The disciples who were fishermen, they had their own businesses. So they had to go out and fish and bring the fishes back and sell them, right? They didn't give them away. Otherwise, they couldn't maintain a business. Uh, there was another guy. I wrote his name down here. Abraham. Was Abraham a poor guy? No. He was very wealthy, right? And who made him wealthy? God made him wealthy. And then God said, if you don't work, you, go, you don't eat. Remember that? If, if God had been a socialist, he would have said, if you don't work, don't worry about it. The government will take care of you. <laughs> we'll give you a free cell phone, a free horse, a donkey, some free cows or whatever, right? But he said, no, if they don't work, they don't eat. Uh, God created everything for his children, but we have to earn it. It doesn't come free. Nothing in life comes free. And when it comes free, you don't, it, it doesn't last long. I remember when I was younger, in my 20s, I used to have a lot, a lot of car accidents. And I don't think I was trying to have accidents. People just hit me out of nowhere. And I had gotten into a mode of having accidents almost every year. Somebody would just hit me in the back of my car. I was in that mode. But I didn't mind because at that time, and I think it's still the law, if somebody hits you, you automatically going to win the case. Did you know that? Don't go out and get hit, though. But I would, <laughs> and I would get this money from the case, and it just went right through my fingers. It was here today and gone tomorrow because I was not earning it. And I remember the last time I had an accident, I came from vacation. I had gone back home, and I came back to California. And the next morning, I got in my car, and somebody hit me. So I just said, you know, God, I don't want to be having any more accidents. You know, I, I may get hurt after a while, right? And so I didn't take that case to court. I stopped suing the folks and I had no more accidents. Anybody ever done that? You done it? All? That's right. You and I are the only two sinners here. <laughs> Everybody else <is> all holy. <laughs> yeah. And, and another example of uh, there were rich, wealthy women who followed Christ who had money, and they didn't get it from the government. You know, some of them had their own businesses, but they were coming from wealthy families. And I didn't hear Jesus Christ complaining about that. And so this socialist idea is, is, is coming into our minds. It's coming into the ideas of young people. And if we don't speak up about it and do something about it, it's over for America. It's really what we should offer one another uh, Show them how to work, you know, show them how to save their money, show them how to invest, show them how to become investors and not just give people stuff all the time. Because what I've noticed, when you give somebody something, it's hard to give it up. You don't want to give it back. You don't want to earn your way. You don't want to say no to it. And it's something in us that our ego just is easily spoiled when you constantly give people something, even with your children. But they are pushing this. And it is working, especially on the young people. Let me take uh, here first, and then I'll come to you. It is evil, evil, evil. Yes, sir. Uh, what I've heard people say when they say that Jesus was a socialist is that um, when the rich young man came to Jesus asking how to enter the kingdom, Jesus said you have to go and sell all your possessions and, uh, and then give that money to the poor. And then you'll have wealth in heaven, and he went away sad. Right. He shook his head and said, no, are you crazy? Yeah. I ain't giving up my mind. It doesn't go with you. Um, yeah, I heard that. Somebody called into my radio show and mentioned that one. But that was to show an example of how that particular guy and that guy had made his money his God. He had identified with that money, 
and he was unwilling to give it up for what is right for the truth. He, he wouldn't give it up for God. And, 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 and that's why God's, you know, an example of us making or creating gods out of all kinds of things, you know, wealth and houses and one another and all that kind of, that's the point of that. He couldn't give it up to follow what is right. Yes. And uh, that's what they say that capitalism does, is it makes money a god and making profits a god. And uh, So that's what they say. It's made money what? They say that capitalism is the, an ex- the modern-day example of that rich young man that makes <laughs> money your god. Capitalism does that. That's what they but, say. But yeah. not socialism. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I'm sure you can find people who really into working hard and making a lot of money, and that money has become their God. You know, they're worried now if they lose it, what's going to happen? They're tripping out. I'm sure you can find that. But we're supposed to work hard and earn our way, and then but keep a right relationship with that money, not let it become your God. You can find that. You can find that in anything. But that's not proof that Jesus... Uh, wanted us to not work and earn our way, and socialism is the way to go. But yeah, you can find that. Have you read in the Bible yourself that Jesus was a socialist? No. Do you read the Bible? I used to. Oh, okay. I used to read it quite a bit. Uh, and, uh, yeah, you haven't found it anywhere. No, I okay. just know those two examples, and they, they point at that. Yeah. They, the way that a lot of people that are super capital, capitalists and uh, the the way that they're against, uh, like most of us, our side, the conservatives, I guess, are against abortion. We're against pro. good. Yeah. And then yeah. they're, they go the opposite extreme, though, the way um, they're, they say, oh, you can't force people to have abortions, but you can force people to give their money to the government. <laughs> and, I know. Uh, I had a guy call me up on my show this week and said, oh, you can't force a woman not to have an abortion. You can't tell her what to do. You're not supposed to be telling people what to do. And I said, so why are you trying to tell me what to do? (laughs) 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 And I think he ran. He hung up on me and took off. But you know what? Let me just say this to you. Then I'm going to take everybody's hand, right? I absolutely love this battle. It's kind of, it's a little scary at times, though, because I feel sad for people at times for being so blinded and can't really see what's going on. But if you can really see what's going on, it's a fun battle to be dealing with. And I notice that the more I keep an eye on myself, I gave you an example of what my mind was trying to tell me. The more I keep an eye on myself, the more I can see what's going on around me. The clearer I can see it. And I realize, really, there is nothing of myself I can do about it. But allow God to work through me with it, but because it's all spiritual. It is all spiritual. And we are in a battle right now. This class warfare thing, I don't know if this happened since I've been on earth. I'm sure, you know, life has a way of repeating itself, but this class warfare thing is working. It is amazing how that is working. And it doesn't make sense to have to go against people who pay taxes and work hard, because let's say you put all of them out of business, then where's the government going to get its money to give you a free cell phone? You know what I'm saying? But they don't see that. For some reason, well, I know why. They can't see what's going on. And I'm telling you this because I want you to be able to see yourself so you can see what's going on. Because when you see what's going on, then God's going to open up opportunities for you to enlighten other people about it. But if you're not into seeing what's happening, with you, you're not going to see the reality, nor will you have the authority and power to do anything about it. you got to keep your eye on yourself, your eyes on yourself. Really, really. And I want to talk to how, before we end today, how do you keep your eyes on yourself? Because a lot of people don't know how to do that. It is so interesting keeping your eyes on yourself. It's something else there, you know. Let me just go back here for one more time there, Rob. I can see how you uh, consider this argument fun, but um, and I have a little bit of fun with it too. But 
I really have no patience for these people. They're, I mean, they're most practically all my friends and even some family members and yeah. Christians, non-Christians. It's, uh, it's hard to keep my eyes on myself. I realize that, that I'm angry and not helping myself or them when I'm impatient and making myself look bad. But it's difficult not to think about how dumb they are and judge them. <laughs> so you have no patience for these people. Yeah. <laughs> so I like my mama. <laughs> I have no patience for them. Um, don't worry about it. Now that you know that you're angry and that's why you don't have patience for them, keep your eyes on yourself and it'll change by itself. As long as you're not in denial as to why you don't have patience. And the only reason you don't have patience for them is because you're not free within yourself yet. Right. And so just let yourself feel it. Don't be in denial about it. And God will still work through you. He'll give you some words to say to some people. He will give you some challenges to deal with. Deal with them. But let yourself feel what you feel. It's not important at all what you feel. It's how you see it, what you feel. What you think about what you feel. And, and, and feelings, believe me, don't even worry about feelings. Because feeling is weird. They come all the time. And they come in different kinds of feelings. Fear and doubt and worry and happy and sad and angry and all kind of stuff. So that, don't even pay attention to it. Know that it's there. But move on and God will work through you. Just don't be in denial about it. It's tricky to know what I should do and what I should say or if I should say something when I'm stuck in that mode. You say what now? It's, it's tricky to know if I should say something while I'm upset. Sometimes yes and sometimes no. And let's say you say something with these people that you're upset at, but it's the truth. And let's say you do it in anger. You just say, you know what? Right now I'm angry at you and I shouldn't be, but what I'm telling you is true. Even that little light put on it will help you go free. And then I'm telling you, folks, there will come a time when you can deal with the children of Satan and have compassion and love for them and not feel anger at all. But the thing is, you got to keep your eye on yourself because really, when we really learn about ourselves and know ourselves, there is no room for judgment. <laughs> there is no room for judgment at all. Not one iota. So don't worry. You're growing. Be patient. It'll change by itself. Just don't be in denial about self. But do what is in front of you to do. Okay, thanks. And, and take the opportunity to speak up when necessary. And after a while, the fear will be gone. I w- did you deal with your parents yet? Yeah, some, well, somewhat. I, uh, I still have something else to say to them. Oh, okay. And once you deal with them and forgive them, it'll be over with them. It really will. You break that mold with your parents of, because they took your courage away. They didn't mean it, I'm sure. But if you can deal with them freely, you know, forgive them, then dealing with the world is easy because you don't care if they come and go anyway. But it's your parents that you got to forgive so you can go free. Okay. All right? Yeah, that's helpful. All right. Uh, Right here. Oh, I think, you know what? I saw his hand first, and then I come. The back guy, yeah. Yeah, I just want to say uh, real quick, there's two names I want to throw out there, Rick Warren and Rob Bell. They're the from the you know Christian community, and uh, the one guy it held the actually a presidential debate, the first one between John McCain and Obama, and right here at Saddleback Ranch, and uh, I forgot what. Yeah, I remember that. Okay, so that guy he wrote a book, and the movement that they're part of is called the uh, something called I think they call it the Merging Church, and uh, as you can see, I, I saw some DVDs on it, and. Uh, Basically, what it's kind of a what they're doing, what they're doing is two things to 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 get this out of the Bible. One thing for the the only thing is what does it look like to be Jesus? It's to help someone, to help someone else. So you read every single thing in the Bible, love, um, all these principles, the spiritual principles, 
But what does it look like to be Jesus? It's to help, it's to help the poor, to give to your brother. And so they say, let's be like Jesus. And so now all the focus shifts only, you know, out of balance and only on that one's principle, which fits right into the hands of this socialism movement. And also, they, if this is, that's the most important point because that's what Jesus looks like, then... <laughs> Poor Jesus. Then... Then the lines, a woman out of Jesus. Then the lines between religion, the lines between religion are dissolved, and they say there's you shouldn't see between Buddhism and between any other religion, Islam or any other religion, because Jesus would help, and that's what Jesus is. That's what he looks like. So everything else is unimportant. All I do is shake my head. Y'all better pray. We don't have a chance, man. Once they can take over the churches like that, if what you're saying is true, I haven't seen it, and I have no reason to doubt you, it's over. This is why God said that we must be born again. We must be born again spiritually so we can live by the spirit and not by the physical stuff because the people are changing everything. And the reason that most people are changing this is because they're not spiritually aware. They're not born again of God so that they can see what's going on. And it takes... You can't defeat the world on your own. Satan don't sit down. He doesn't, he's not playing with you. He's not like, you know, he's like, he's always coming up with something. And if you're not guided by God, they'll wear you down and you'll find yourself caving in. And so if you're just a religious person, you know, you study the Bible, you quote the scriptures, you went down to the front and accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and now you're saved, go in the back room, Say your name to the, to the church record, and now you're a Christian, you're going to lose. You're really going to lose. And that's how these churches are being influenced. That's a lot of pressure coming from the media and from uh, Satan's children because they call you names all the time. You hate women. You hate the gays. You hate uh, the blacks. You hate the Hispanics. And, and, and then now you're running around trying to prove that you don't hate. And Jesus was a socialist, and all Jesus ever talked about was love and give. And so I'm trying to figure out, how come Jesus gave the folks the truth and called them a liar and a bag of bones and thieves and hypocrites, and they would have hated Jesus. Whores, prostitutes, poverty pimps, and race hustlers. Jesus wasn't no, Jesus didn't play around with this stuff. If you don't work, you don't eat. Jesus, can I have a piece of bread? No, go get a job. <laughs> Another thing they're doing, they're worshiping the young people too. Did I talk about this last Sunday? I mentioned it on my radio show, I know. They are telling young people how bright they are and how smart they are, how wise they are. And, how wonderful the young people. And the young people are believing it. And I said on my show, young people are not smart. Young people are dumb as a doorknob. They are not smart. They may know how to turn on a computer and work a computer all day long. And I said on the show, you can keep, teach a mule or a donkey how to work a computer. You know, you keep training them. He'll go and turn it on and hit the knobs. <laughs> That doesn't make you wise. It doesn't, it makes you a, a, a robot. You turn on a computer and now you're lost in it. That does not make you smart. If I wanted to learn the computers, I could too. Just get into it and learn it. I think about when I was 20s, in my 20s, in my 30s, in my 40s, I didn't have the understanding that I have now. I'm wiser today than I was when I was young. Now when I look back, I, I didn't know anything. And they're setting young people up to believe that they, are, that they are wise, and they are not. They're just building on their ego so they can get their votes and use them for whatever it is they want to use them for. Young people are not wise. In the Bible and in life, when I was growing up, we were taught that the elderly were wise. If you wanted wisdom, go to the elderly. And now they say the old white man is no, we want to wipe out the old white Republicans because their thinking, their thinking and their ways does not apply to today. 
You hear that? And they're trying to destroy him. And if they can destroy him, just as they, if you notice, they're not worried about the black man. They're not saying, oh, let's go after the black man. You know why? Because he has nothing to give them. <laughs> he has nothing to offer. He's been wiped out already for the last 50 years. And they go, they're not going after the Mexican man. They're going after the elderly white men because they have done good by this country. And their values have brought them this far to make a great nation. And if they could wipe out these guys, make you look at them in a negative way and turn away from them, it's over. Because when you turn away from the male, you turn away from God. And they already know the black family has already turned away from the black male. The average black woman could give them a hoop about the black man. And if they got one, they're trying to weigh him down. They don't respect him. I was talking to my granddaughter last night. She's here visiting. And she, I said something about, oh, I asked her. I said, uh, are you dating? She's 20 now. She's going to be 21. She said, well, I had a boyfriend, but uh, we broke up. And then later I asked her, I said, do you know how to cook? She's like, no. Nah. <laughs> She's like, no, I don't know how to cook, Grandpa. I said, well, if you don't learn how to cook, you, you're never going to get a husband. And she went off. <laughs> she went off and I was surprised and, and she was like Grandpa you should be saying that to women that if they don't know how to cook they're not going to get a husband and she would go on and on and I'm like wow I didn't know you thought that way and she said I said so did your mother cook while you were growing up she's like no my dad cooked so my son did all the cooking what a fool no wonder his wife left him or <laughs> He did all the cooking. Now his daughter doesn't know how to cook because the mother didn't cook. And who want to marry a woman that can't cook? <laughs> you come home from work and your meal is not ready. But they're trying to brainwash. They're worshiping the young. And that's a setup. And they're doing a good job, an evil job of doing it. But it's a setup, folks. This is not... What happened in this country, it's going to lead to total destruction if you don't wake up and do, let the power of God work through us with it. Jesus was not just about giving. Yes, sir. Yeah, I wanted, I wanted to um, Would you want a wife that can't cook? Negatory. That's she said, insane. She said, Grandpa, you need to change your ways. I said, Grandpa is never going to change his ways. You might as well get used to that. And then she just smiled. That's I'm going to turn away from my values because they don't like hearing it. They've been brainwashed. I blame the parents for this, though. I really do. I can't even blame the schools for it. I blame the parents. Because as a parent protected their children, they wouldn't send their kids off to these schools to be brainwashed. They know that this is happening. But the parents are selfish. Yes. I want to go on. There's Who so much. Go, oh, I'm sorry. There's, there's so many points you're bringing Who up. Who would you rather go to? Let's say you're trying to understand finance. Let's say you're trying to understand a relationship, whether you're a man or woman. Who would you rather go to? An elderly couple who has been married for 40 years or some dumb young couple just starting out? Who would you rather go to? Thank you. Who would you rather go to, an elderly man or woman who has saved their money, made it work for them, or some young person just starting out? You go to the, the, the one with the, with the experience, the one that's more mature now. But they, they, they are twisting that around because they have no respect for the elderly anyway. And, uh, but it's all evil. Turn them away from the man. Make the man uh, unimportant, Satan can take over. It's a spiritual battle between good and evil. Yes. You know, Sorry that, about that. That's all right. You know, on that point. I'm on a roll. You are. You know, on that point you're making, <laughs> that, even that point you're making right there, um, people don't respect a lot of old people because they're stagnant. Now, if you have a people, a, 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 um, a people who, an older person who's experienced and growing, you know, they're still, they're still um, 
enjoying life and, and, and wanting to be challenged themselves and not just want to, you know, retire and fade away. Those are the elderly people that still demand um, uh, respect from, and that's true experience, is where I'm you're still sure an innovator, but yet you have experience. I'm not sure if it's for that reason that, because when I was growing up, elderly people, they calm down in life. They're not out partying and wearing, you know, short skirts and tight pants. They're, <laughs> <laughs> they're living like a mature life, something that demands respect, Right. And so it's the brainwashing that's taking place in the public school system and now in some of the churches. It's the worshiping of the young so that they can take control of their minds and use them for their own personal gain. I, I wouldn't respect no elderly person who out partying and carrying on an athletic Yeah, training. no, I didn't mean that aspect of it. Oh. I meant the aspect of they're, okay. they're, still, they're still vibrant in, in the sense that they don't look at something new. And this is how they paint old people. They look at something new like, let's say, flight or, or some, some new thing like that, and they'll say, people weren't meant to fly. You know, and so they'll paint them as just backward, you know, you, you just want to go back to walking everywhere you, or, or on a horse like the Amish. They don't want cars or anything like that. And so then old people are painted into that corner that that's how they get. You know, when you get older, you just don't, you don't want any change. But most you of the time, when I, the you may be making a point, I'm black and I'm slow, and so I may be missing it. But what I'm hearing is that when they go after the, the white man, the old white Republican man, it's because of his values. Like he may not agree with abortion. He may not agree with same-sex marriage. He, may, he or she may believe that you should get married and raise your children and all that kind of stuff, don't want a lot of government, they seem to be going after the value of the elderly rather than if they, what you're saying. And that may be to some point is happening too. I'm just not hearing that. And they go after the value because they say, well, you people are living lives that even though their lives work, they've, they've been able to paint the older people with values as people who are stagnant in the mind, and that's why they don't see the wonderful new discoveries like homosexuality is now good. Wow, what a wonderful new discovery. You people never discovered that because... Because of old-fashioned and stuff. Yeah, you got locked oh. into your old values. Oh, okay. Yeah, I see that point. Yeah. That's how Hollywood portrays Oh, go to the mic here. No, I was just saying I was agreeing with you because that's how Hollywood portrays it in movies. Oh, okay. You look at most of the elderly people, the younger people are clowning them and making fun of them, making light that they're not getting it. And so, you that's know. That's amazing, huh? Yeah, and what Hollywood says kind of is what goes. Yeah, you're right about the movies. When they put older people, the elderly in movies, they either have you acting really crazy Try to be young and all that kind of stuff, or you're just out of it, you're a fool. Yeah, that's a very good point. You're right about it. Isn't this like evil? Do you see the evil in this? It's just evil. But there are so few of us than there are of them, though. Do you, you know, I feel like it looks like their numbers are great now, and our numbers are few, especially what you just said, if that's true about the church teaching that Jesus was. Nice, so let me teach everybody to be a giver and give and all that kind of stuff. Once you're born again, you don't have to be taught to give. You know, you see, God shows you in your heart. I'll I, I get to you in a minute. You put your, you know, God shows you in your heart when and how to give and how much to give and if not to give. You don't have to be trained like a monkey to give because when you give out of ego, well, because you've been trained to give, you're going to be giving to the wrong people at the wrong time. You're going to spoil them. You're going to set them up. You're going to make them come back and rob you because you give it out of training, out of emotions, instead of the right way to give. Because there's a time to say no in giving. I'll show you how to earn it. I'm not going to give it to you. Yes, sir. I wanted to um, just make comment on some of the things um, uh, the, the Jesus being a socialist, um, I, have, I, have, I have not heard that, but it's interesting. But um, I don't know. I was just at the gym the other day and talking to this black guy, 
Yeah, I think he's from a foreign country somewhere. He called himself the prophet. <laughs> he like, Jesus was a socialist. And the Republicans are mean. Jesus was a socialist. They don't want to give to you. And I'm trying to explain to him, but he won't listen. And I just said, okay, fine. Whatever. I, I don't know if, uh, I can't say that Jesus was a socialist or a Democrat or Republican or this or that, but I don't know if there's anybody that really um, can portray him uh, in, a, in a realistic way, except for reading it for yourself, because, I mean, he wasn't a socialist, but he did help people. He was into performing miracles to glorify God, and, um, you know, he fed the poor. He, he did do things that was very helpful towards people who couldn't help themselves, but it's just a thing of... Uh, of representation it's like he's been represented so many different ways yeah. people don't know who and what he really is and who and what he stands for and uh you know you have even you have the left and the right and they're fighting constantly fighting but i don't think the way i look at it i think that both sides are, are lost because with the with the election how is it that barack obama won the election and everybody on the right was saying he's going to lose, he's going to lose, he's going to lose. And then he kind of like pulled it off. And it's like it was a big surprise. And I'm, I don't know. I just – and when we talk about the issue of um, uh, uh, like some of the focus issues like gay marriage and abortion, a lot of the young people that I know uh, who voted for Barack Obama, they uh, – they're not they don't feel like they're really affected by those issues they they feel like from what they tell me is that they're more affected by something like divorce that's because they are dumb and don't have wisdom they can't see what's going on and that's what evil understand that these young people cannot see beyond their ego they have no clue and so that's why they're trying to worship them and control them worship the young, they don't oh. see anything wrong with same-sex marriage. They don't see anything wrong with abortion and all that because they're blind. They have no wisdom. But a mature person can see that. Something's wrong with that. Yeah. Well, let me ask. You mentioned that Jesus fed the poor, right? Did he feed the them every day? or just? No, no, not every day. No. What happened? I wonder what happened after the second meal, the first meal. <laughs> <laughs> I just, it just, that just occurred to me. So, yes, he, he fed them. He went by their house and gave them a meal, right? Did he go back and bring dinner? Did he show up the next day and give them, or did he teach them how to become independent? Do you know? Of course. He, did he feed them more than one meal? The whole purpose of welfare. Give me a yes or no first to that. Uh, no, he did not uh, go back and keep feeding them and, and spoon feeding them. But that's the impression, though. Oh, Jesus fed the hungry, hunger. Like the hungry, like every day he went back and gave him a meal. Okay, what you want tomorrow? Refried beans or <laughs> chicken? <laughs> I'll be back tomorrow and feed you again. He taught them how to fish once he fed them, right? That's the whole point of giving to the poor anyway. That's how you mesh the two things together. Like you don't work, you don't eat. You, but, but if people don't have a job yet, well, of course, you give them food. You help them to, to, to get strong. Once they get strong, then you send them on their way to take care of themselves. Yes. That's the whole point of helping is so they become strong enough to take care of themselves. But, but there's that impression. I just realized it right now, and I hadn't thought of it before. There is an impression that he fed them every day. In our home for young men, they come in, they're hungry too. We feed them for a minute, you know. <laughs> We feed them, but in the meantime, we're preparing them. Okay, if you want another meal, you got to get a job. You know, we'll show you how to save your money. We'll show you how to earn your way and all that kind of stuff. And for those who obeyed those rules, they're doing very well in life right now. Those who didn't, after that third or fourth meal, they were out of there. I ain't going to feed you no more. Are you crazy? So, <laughs> so we did what Jesus did. And we do what Jesus did. We feed them, but we prepare them so that they can feed themselves. Because you can't come over my house every day and eat free. 
So he didn't feed them every day. Had you thought about that before? No, I, I don't. I, I thought about that. No, I think that he made a great point in the sense that he didn't feed them every day, but he didn't let them starve, but he gave them what they needed in order so that they can become strong enough to be self-sufficient. Right, and if they didn't, then they starve. That's why he said, if you don't work, you don't eat. You know, and that only makes sense. Another thing I realized, too, is that we have, the because we're blinded in many ways, we have the wrong impression how we should treat each other as human beings. There's this notion out there, just because you're a human being, don't let you die. Let them die. Because they'll become a headache for you. And they're not willing to fight and stand up and earn their way after you have taught them how to do it. Let them go. I had to do that with one of my sons. I tried. I tried to teach him. He was all mad. I made, uh, there were opportunities for him to get jobs when he was younger. He refused the jobs. And after a while, I just said, you know what, buddy? You got to go. I threw him out. And today, I don't know what tomorrow I'm going to bring. He's independent. I can't get rid of him. He's calling me all the time. He want to talk holy stuff, spiritual stuff. He's all spiritual now. And I was thinking, <laughs> I was thinking wow, those principles work. They do work if you live by them. But the, the children of Satan want you to carry somebody for the rest of their lives. And you're hurting that person when you do that. You're not helping them at all. I don't care if it's your daddy, your mama, your sister, your brother, your whatever. You got to let people go so they can become real human beings. They can become limited examples of what God can do through you. The light don't shine through folks who rely on the government to take care of them. Most people don't even like government people. So they want free cell phones. They want to take from you. And most of you find yourself running from those people after a while. Isn't that true? Lord, here come little Joe. <laughs> Hide the food, hide the whiskey. He's going to drink us out of the house. That's, how we, that's what we say. We may not tell them that. I would, but most people won't say, here come little Joe. He's going to eat up all your food. But they come to my house. They've already had a meal. I'm like, look, I fed you last time. <laughs> Don't come over here hungry. And they'll start respecting you for that. I'm telling you, that's what love is, tough love. Uh, let me take here. And then I'll come to you, all right? From what you said, that this, this sounds like a war against common sense. Yes. 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 But uh, I'll give you a small example. It's a battle between good and evil. Yes. It really, really is. Uh, yes. I'll give you a, a small example. Suppose you're a furniture maker and you, make a, you have the ability to make five, chair, uh, five chairs a day, uh, day but you're, uh, for your family. Uh, for your family first, but then, um, but then uh, your neighbors see since you have four, uh, since you are a family of four and you have five of the charity. What uh, I don't see, uh, see, you have no objection for me to take and uh, taking one because if you don't give me one, uh, when you're a selfish person, this is a uh, battle against, uh, This is a real war against those um, those who wise enough to earn, uh, earn on their own. It's easy to see, uh, see easy to judge, uh, judge people like the Vanderbilt's, the Rockefellers, fellows, the four, uh, the Fords, the Morgans, and a hundred other, hundred uh, other people. But for every person like that, there are about a thousand pe- other people, sm- smaller entrepreneurs who are wise enough to, um, who uh, who wise enough to use their own common sense to earn, uh, earn a yeah. living. Yeah, you're right. I want, in my heart, I want you out there, you here, to see that. I want you to see the spiritual aspect of what's happening. There's another way to see this. It's, it's really, it's not about the person. It's not about Barack Obama. It's not about Mitt Romney. It's not about the Democrats or the Republicans. It's really about us. And that we have to ask, we, ha- we must be born again. We must be born again. So that we can see the spirit of what's happening. And, and because, you know, we have family members who are Republicans, Democrats, whatever, whatever. You got to be able to love your family members, even when they don't love you. You got to be able to love your enemy, even when they don't love you. 
you got to be able to give your enemy some sound advice when they don't love you. You got to be able to love your enemy when they're attacking you. And if you're just into religion, if you're just into color, if you're just into male or female, or you're just into parties, you're going to miss it. Or you're just into church, you're going to miss it. You want to be born again because you want to be born again so you can see exactly what's going on. You got to love Barack Obama. You got to love Mitt Romney. You got to love your enemy and not hate. You know, you really have to. Otherwise, you will be destroyed. You will be blind. You will be led astray and not even realize it. It's not the physical that I'm trying to teach you here. I'm trying to awaken you to what's happening on the, the spiritual aspect of what's going on. Our battle is clearly a battle between good and evil. It really is. And if you could see the wickedness of your own heart and don't run away from it, but run toward it, then you can see the wickedness of the world. And you won't hate it. You'll fight against it with the good that's in you, but you won't hate it. And you're going to influence. You really will. But you must be born again. You can't be angry and try to help somebody. Because evil is fighting with evil. You can't be of good and judge your fellow man. They can tell when you're judging them. Whether it's your children, your husband, wife, your enemy. You got to have pure love. And the only way you're going to have that love, you must be born again. You must enter into the kingdom. And so that's my heart desire for you, that you wake up to that. Really. Uh, Yes, sir. Just uh, wanted to mention about uh, some evidence that uh, Jesus was not a socialist, but uh, opposed. Is there to anywhere other than the scripture that he quoted about Jesus telling the rich young ruler, "Okay, if you want to follow me, put down your money and follow me"? Well, Is there any other example that indicated that Jesus was a socialist? No, but I can see how somebody can take certain examples and twist them. Somebody who has no right. insight can take certain examples and uh, make it seem as he was. And the example that I was going to give was the, the fish, that when you know the, the multitudes were there listening to his sermon, and uh, the apostles were, they were ready to go on to their next journey, to the next town, the apostles were going to send them out. You know, and Jesus said, no, they're hungry. And, and the apostles, they didn't have enough food. So he, he gave them, uh, uh, he, he, a miracle uh, gave them all that fish. But the point I was going to make was that they, they pursued Jesus, and Jesus pointed out to them that, hey, why are you pursuing me? Is it because of the fish or the food that I gave to you? See there. And he says, you foolish uh, people, pursue meat that does not perish, but that, you know, endures to life everlasting. That's deep. So, yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. That is deep. I love that. That's a good example. You know, as you were speaking, I was thinking about Skid Row. <laughs> You know how they have these homeless shelters and things downtown Los Angeles? And they, they're like nice big hotels. They're not hotels, but they look like hotels. And they feed those people down there every day. And those people are some of the worst of the worst of the worst people you ever want to see. They're not getting better. They're getting worse. They're mean. They're on drugs. They're alcoholic. They're rapists. They're thieves. And they're being fed every day. And, they're not get, and then they have church form for them. And the church is not even saving them because they're feeding these people and keeping them in the, tr- in the hell hole that they're in. And you're right. God, does, don't be following up behind me every day because you think I'm going to feed you. That's not it. It's the spirit that we should be concerned about. And that's a good example of what can happen to people when you feed them every day. And if you doubt me, go downtown and look at Skid Row. The young and the old, the male and the female, the black and the whites are there, and they're just scum of the earth because these people are killing them and keeping them from them finding God within themselves and helping them to grow spiritually. Yes, yes. Yeah, I just wanted to agree with you about what you said about this battle being a good thing. And, you know, this is one thing I've learned from Bond, too, is that it's healthy to interact with evil and to yes. deal with them. Uh, but I also have realized, too, that in order to be able to do that, you've got to pull away from the world, and you can't be caught up in the world, because if you're caught up in the world and you try to battle evil, uh, it's going to overtake you. 
That's right. So the first thing, and I, you know, I, I understand what you're saying. You got to be born again, but maybe before even born again, because I don't, you know, unless God makes that happen, it's not going to happen. You have to pull away from the world. You have to get away from what the world's doing in order to start seeing things clearly. Yeah, one thing for sure, if you want to be born again, you got to start looking within, and you will start pulling away from the things that have that have uh, seduced you away from God. You know, money, food, places, people, and things. You got to get to yourself so you're able. God can work with you. That's why when you pray, uh, let me go to uh, Patrick real fast here. I'm running out of time. That's why when you pray, it's good to get up early in the morning and have that quiet time alone just with you and God so you can come into that still, quiet place so that he can bring you into his, his world. You got to get serious about that. Otherwise, it's over for you. You're just going to suffer longer until you cry out. Yes, you that's for, an important. You asked for a couple of other examples. Of what? It, of Jesus being a socialist. Okay. Um, one, I'm not saying I agree that these are, but these are things that are brought up in the Bible. Uh, one is that the, um, the apostles were capitalists but left their capitalist jobs to go with Jesus on his mission. That is used. Another one is in the Bible, <laughs> in the, Bible uh, the New Testament, Paul and I think others talk about how uh, the believers – the brethren got together and pooled their resources. They put their money together. They put all sorts of things together and, and work and things like that. Now, a socialist is going to tell you that that is socialism. And that yeah. is a form of socialism, so I think we need to deal with that straight up. So Jesus went to these people and said, follow me, right? Right. Uh, put down your, you know, quit your business and come on with me. And so they start working for Jesus at that point. Jesus became the boss, Right. And so if you're working for the boss, the boss is going to normally do what? Make sure you're taken care of. So you're still working by going out, telling the people about Christ. You're on the job. So whatever way Christ found out to feed them, he took care of them. But they weren't sitting around, sitting around waiting for a handout. Yeah, I, I, I think one of the ways that socialists talk is about pooling. You know, we got to pool together and things like that. Uh, and like I th- put all your money into one pot. Yeah, like the church people got together, put their money together, and they all worked and, and whatever. And I think a similar thing was done when they started uh, the United States, but it didn't work uh, when they pooled their, their resources together. I guess there wasn't good enough people. I think somebody said that um, socialism only works in heaven where it's not needed and in hell where, where was it? What happened? Reagan. Yeah, Reagan, <laughs> where it's not, where not going to work anyway. Right. So, so I think, you know, this, the idea of pooling and all that could work if the people are good together and they're all uh, of one yeah, mind. That won't, that won't last long. Well, I'm saying that's, they did that. We have to address that. That right. did happen in the early church. They tried the same thing in America, but that failed and people were starving and then they had to go to capitalism. Yeah, because if your heart is not pure, you're going to be trying to steal some extra money out of that pot. Right. <laughs> And somebody going to get upset because they ain't going to have enough to buy a meal. You know what I'm saying? Now, you're right. If you had a pure heart, maybe that can work. Right. But finding a pure heart is like looking for a needle in a haystack. Right. You know. So maybe. socialism or what they consider is socialism would not work unless everybody was perfect. Yeah. No, it's not going to work. If you were perfect, you're not going to want socialism anyway because you're going to understand what it takes to become perfect. And become perfect is an individual thing, dealing with life in the right way, and not a group thing. I've never seen a group become perfect yet. What, what, they, what they mean in America's socialism is they mean the old white guys that they hate have the capital. Yeah. Steal that and give it to other people. That's what it means. This is evil, folks. Evil. John, you had your hand there. Yeah, it, uh, one minute. I'm not a Bible expert, but I would say... It doesn't say anywhere in the Bible that uh, uh, Christ, uh, Jesus was a socialist. I'm, I'm quite sure. I'm not no, a Bible not expert, there. but I don't think anybody can there. find in the Bible that Jesus was a socialist. The blind can make Jesus look like whatever they want him to. Poor Jesus, he's like everything now. Everything is evil, everything is good, Jesus all that. I w- I'm not going to have time to read uh, Jeremiah 2, uh, 30 through, um, uh, let me see, no, I'm sorry, 
28 through 30. So when you get a chance, read that. Jeremiah 29 through uh, 28 through 30. And exactly what it says that's going to happen to your young is happening now. It is absolutely happening now. It is a spiritual battle, folks. I suggest you go within and be born again of the Spirit of God. Thank you for tuning in, and thank you for coming in. I appreciate it. For more information, to purchase a copy of this program, or to make a donation, visit us on the web at bondinfo.org or call one 800 411 2663. That's 1-800-411-BOND. You're already home.